Good morning, everyone. Good to see everyone. Welcome to those who are joining online today. It's good to be in God's house, isn't it? And uh, it's just lovely to hear all the, the voices of people talking. We're getting closer to feeling like normal when I hear all that buzz at the start of the service. Um, it's really, really great. Um, just some reminders of practical things. Uh, we do have a booking system. Uh, for the church and if you want to come to church you need to book yourself in just as a reminder uh, for those who are online as well and uh, yeah so just get yourself signed in we do have a maximum number of 50 people who can be in church at any one time that's why we need to have the booking system um, so that we know who's going to be here and we can get the seats laid out so there's always a why behind the what that's the why behind that what um, we're not at capacity, uh, we haven't been at capacity yet, so uh, if there are those who are watching online who want to be in church, then uh, next week is your opportunity to get signed up. And also, just to remind people that singing is not allowed, um, just so that we're all on the same page with that, um, unfortunately. And uh, if you've noticed, uh, Steve is the only one who's, who's singing uh, when we're doing that. Uh, and that's just because that's the way it is. Uh, we're allowed to have one person sing. And as you can see, we are all quite far away from, from everyone else. And uh, the masks or the visors are something that we need to put up with in the meantime. So my apologies if I keep going, eh? Uh, it's because I can't make out what you're saying from behind the mask. Um, just an inconvenience, but it's part of life, isn't it? I'm going to read a few verses from Psalm chapter 8. Uh, verses 3 through to 4, it says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you're mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. And uh, I don't know about you, I was out last night uh, after 11 o'clock, I went out, and the advantage of high pressure and clear skies is you look up and you see the stars. And it was just incredible last night. And it reminds me of how awesome and how massive God is. Um, and how small we are by comparison. And then I think that God is mindful of us in the midst of all this. It's just incredible. And uh, we're here to worship him today. We're here to worship that God. And I don't know about you, I'm, I'm so pleased to be here in church. I'm pleased that we're together. I'm hoping that there's lots of people joining online. We'll be able to check that out later on. But welcome to those who are joining online. We're going to pray. Then we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together. And then Steve's going to lead us in a song and then we're going to uh, go off and uh, have communion. Um, if you have things prepared, uh, if you're watching online at home, then you can get yourself prepared for communion. Uh, for those who are here and we're using the individual communion uh, sets, then it's probably a good idea to just kind of prime the top layer because that's a wee bit fiddly. Mm. You've probably noticed. Um, just get yourself prepared. Mm. I usually just kind of fold it back and get it ready to go uh, so that we're good to go with that. But let's pray, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer uh, together. Father, we just thank you that you are in this place today. We thank you for all that you want to do in our lives. And Father, we just pray that as we come, and we've come to worship you today. Mm -hmm. And Father, we just pray that as we do that, as we worship you, that we would experience your presence in this place today. Father, it's so good to be joined together as a church family. And Lord, we just want to experience all that you have for us today. Father, Father, whether as individuals, and Father, you know our needs as we have come today. You know the things that are in our hearts as we gather. And Father, we just pray that you would come and present yourself amongst us. May we know your peace. Father, that peace which surpasses all understanding, and we'll refer to that later on today. Father, may we know your peace. And so Father, we just ask that you would help us in these moments as we just still our hearts and we pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, mm -hmm. hallowed be your name. Your will be done. Mm -hmm. Sorry, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us, sorry, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, 
but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. So hopefully that's coming through. I'm just going to switch this one back on the now, even though it's making a bit of a noise. Um, Steve, if you could just lead us in, in worship, that would be great. Thank you. Just to say, guys, I'm kind of missing you guys not singing seriously. Uh, it's uh, it's much better when you guys sing as well, to be honest. But uh, so I'm missing hearing your voices and gutted that you can't join with me. But uh, I want to sing. Uh, changed the song, I had a different song, I just felt this song was the right song, uh, built my life, and th the end of the song really kind of, for me, uh, it says, I will build my life upon your love, it's a firm foundation, I will trust in you alone, and I will not be shaken, and guys, you know, when difficult times come, and, and I don't want to be gloomy this morning, but they will come, because they always come, at some point, you know, there's lots of good times we have in life and we love those good times but let me tell you difficulties will come, will come at some point and when you stand on the Lord and you stand on that foundation that he brings when the storms do come he helps you to stand and I can testify that I wouldn't be able to stand without him in my life and testify to that I couldn't stand without the Lord giving me strength in my life because he's my foundation so I'll just give you that encouragement if, you, if you're not standing in the Lord this morning I will give you that encouragement to stand upon him and he will never let you go and he'll never let you down because he, he is worthy Worthy of every song we could ever sing
just going to read a few verses um, from the Bible as we pray, prepare to take communion. We're in Luke. And uh, Jesus is with the disciples. And it says in chapter 22, verse 19, he took some bread and gave it. Uh, so and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. And just as we take bread and as we take wine, it reminds us of uh, all that Jesus has accomplished for us. And uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to take the, the bread first. Um, we're just going to do that together. Um, and then once we've prayed, we'll take the, the wine and we'll do that together as well. So let's just prepare to, to take communion. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his body, which was broken for us. And Father, as we take this bread, it reminds us of that body which was broken. Father, this is our act of worship today. And Father, we, we pray, Lord, your word tells us to examine ourselves before we eat the bread and uh, drink the wine. And Father, we just pray that if there are things in our life which um, don't honor you today, then we, we just confess them before you. And Father, we ask that you would forgive us, that you'd make us clean. Father, your desire is that we should be holy. And Father, that is our desire as well. We, we, our desire is to be like Jesus, to be holy. And Lord, you know that sometimes, in fact, often we, we seem to fall short of his standard. And, and so, Father, we just pray, help us in our weakness. Father, help us to be like Jesus because that's our aspiration. And so let's just take the bread as we remember his body. Let's take it together. As we prepare to take the wine, just we remember that blood which was shed on the cross for us. And Father, we, we thank you that Jesus was willing to die on a cross for our sin, to make us clean, to make us holy, to make us spotless. And Father, we thank you that it's his uh, forgiveness through that shed blood that makes us clean, makes us able to stand in your presence. And so, Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for just the enormity of the sacrifice which he made on our behalf. Father, that we might be able to enjoy a relationship with you. And so, Lord, for that, we are truly thankful this morning. And as we take this wine, it reminds us of his blood which was shed. And Father, we just thank you. We thank you all over again today for that blood which was shed for us. In his name, amen. Let's just take the, the wine together. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. And Lord, I certainly know in my own experience that I wouldn't be able to do the things that you call me to do unless you were there, unless your Holy Spirit lived in my life. And Father, I know that we're all in the same, in the same position. We're all in the same place. Father, we are so dependent on you. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for your guiding presence in our lives. Father, we just... We don't know where we'd be without you uh, today. And so, Father, we are so grateful. We're so grateful for your patience with us. So grateful for all that you do 
in our lives and through our lives. And Father, I just pray that we would continue to experience your presence in this service. Father, that you would come and meet with us today. Lord, my, my, heart, my heart's desire is to meet with you today. And so, Father, we just pray as we uh, consider some things from your word, Lord, we pray that you would uh, really speak to us. May our ears and our eyes be open to all that you want to do today, all that you want to say, all that you want to whisper into our spirits. And Father, we, we just pray for all the different needs uh, today. Father, we've all come from uh, a different kind of week today. And uh, Father, even those who are joining online, and uh, Father, there's just so many of us gathering, and each of us are different, our needs are different, uh, our experiences are different, the type of week we've had is different. And so, Father, we just pray uh, that you would come and that you'd meet us at our point of need today. Father, that you would speak into our hearts. May we know all that you're saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for leading us, Steve. That was excellent. Um, enjoy your playing. You've got a good touch. I think we should give him a wee round of applause. <laughs> um, just a couple of things that I wanted to just announce. Um, uh, well, one thing, really. Um, we, we were actually due to host a conference uh, this coming weekend, the Church Health Conference, and our friends from Arizona were supposed to be coming over to visit with us, and uh, like so many other things this year, it's had to be cancelled, and uh, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just kind of like, oh, it kind of gets to me, all these things we're having to cancel, all the things that we're not doing, um, so maybe you could pray uh, that we are able to find ways to really continue to connect with people, and I'm thinking especially of uh, the, the kids, um, it's nice to have kids in the church today. And uh, I would just like us to think about how we really connect with them more uh, going forward. One other thing that's, that is happening, and that's 1st and 22nd of October, it's a midweek, and there'll be the Assemblies of God conference online. And there'll be uh, two keynote speakers, Samuel Chand and uh, Samuel uh, Rodriguez. Um, they will be the keynote speakers. And if you want to be part of that, you can join in online, register, it's free. Uh, so that is something that is happening, I'm pleased to say. Uh, so looking forward to that. I'll be joining uh, in that conference. Um, I wonder if you could just turn your Bible to uh, Genesis chapter 16. We're going to read a few verses from there. Genesis chapter 16, and I'm going to read from the New International Version. And it's the story of... Uh, Sarai's servant girl, Hagar, um, and how she has uh, become pregnant uh, through Abram. Um, strange, strange custom that they had in these days. I'll refer to that in a minute. Um, but she has now become pregnant, and uh, she's now on the run from her mistress. And this is uh, what this part of the, uh, the, the story is about. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar, so she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant and perhaps I can build my family through her. Strange, strange customs. Abraham agreed to what Sarai said. And so Abram had been living in Canaan for 10 years. Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian maidservant, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived and when she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my servant in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your servant is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar. So she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? 
I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai. Uh, my mistress, Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. Then the angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. Then the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now with child and you will give, uh, you will have a son and you shall name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard of your misery. And listen to this. Imagine this being the description of you. <laughs> he will be a wild donkey of a man. I don't know. I, I, I don't fancy being labeled as a wild donkey of a man. Uh, his hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. And she gave this name uh, to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahai Roi. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. And Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. My goodness gracious me, 86 years old. Um, I don't think I fancy having more kids when I'm 86 years old. Um, I think I'm quite happy to stop now. Thank you very much. And as I read this passage, um, I was just kind of thinking about what do we do when things go wrong? What do we do in our lives when there's problems? And the title of my message today is, um, and it's going to come up in a wee second, hopefully, if my clicker works today. Principles to apply when problems arise. There's a reason I use a headset mic is because I've got too many things going on and too many things to hold. Um, so what do we do when things go wrong? Principles that we can apply to our lives when problems arise. Because the reality is that problems arise all the time. Sometimes we all face the same problems, and you know what I mean, and I'm not going to go on about all the stuff that we're all facing together again. Some problems are easy to fix, uh, and some problem, problems, well, just let's say they're a little bit harder. Um, I think I mentioned about having a puncture in my bike. I can fix a, a puncture in my bike, but I can't fix a puncture in my car. But I know a guy who can. And when there are problems that we can't fix... We know a guy who can, let me put it that way. And I just want to kind of open up this uh, topic for a few minutes. The principles that we can apply when problems arise in our lives. Principles are, are kind of deep-rooted things. If we can get them into our system, they will help us and help us navigate through difficulties and challenges. Principles are things that don't tend to change. Principles are things that apply for us all, regardless of our personality Regardless of where we're at in life, if we can grab hold of the principle and apply it in our lives, then it will help us. And think about this time in life for Hagar, a really, really challenging time. It must have been incredibly challenging to be on the run from her mistress who's now mistreating her. Let's face it, Hagar had been part of the problem as well, but then I think my heart goes out in sympathy to Hagar because she never asked for this to happen. She, even, she never asked to be given to Abram and uh, to have these kind of relations with him. And I always thought it was a really strange practice until I came across uh, something called the law of Humrabi. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. Um, it's a law, uh, or it's a series of laws that are written on a tablet which were discovered many years ago. And this is, this is one of the things that it says. If a man take a wife and she give a maidservant to and that maidservant uh, bear children and afterwards would take rank with her mistress, because she has borne children, her mistress may not sell her for money, but she may reduce her to bondage and count her among the maidservants. And you kind of look at that and you think, what Abram was doing and what Sarai were doing were part of the culture of the place where they'd come from. They'd come from Ur, which is near Babylon. They'd traveled all the way around. They find themselves in Canaan, but they hadn't left their culture behind. There are still things which are part of their culture. 
And that's what we see here. And because, because um, Hagar starts ill, uh, Godin Sarai, Sarah uh, ill-treats Hagar back. And so here she is, she's on the run, she finds herself in a desert place, hence uh, the picture on the screen. You've probably heard the term fight or flight, yes? It's okay to respond to me, please do. That would be really helpful. Um, I, I think there's a third response that we can have, and it's to freeze. Okay, so here is Hagar. She's in flight. She's running uh, away from her mistress. But now she finds herself in this place called Shur, and she's in this freeze mode. She's like, what do I do now? What do I do next? And the name Shur actually means wall. Uh, I was curious to know, always, I'm always curious to know what Bible names mean, and I think here she is in a difficult place, and it, it made me think about where we can be sometimes. We, we just feel like we hit a wall sometimes. Does, has anybody ever felt like that? You, you've got problems, and you just come to a place where you feel you're hitting your head off a brick wall. Yeah? I, I, I kind of feel like that sometimes. You just kind of, you seem to revolve around the same problem until you find eventually a solution. And it's in this crucial moment that Hagar has an experience. She has an experience with the angel of the Lord who asks her this crucial question. He says, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? And she says, I'm running away from my mistress. Where have you come from and where are you going? And I, I just kind of thought about that question. When I was reading this uh, passage, that phrase really just struck me and it made me stop in my tracks as I was reading. I'm thinking, where have you come from and where are you going? I could ask the same question of each one of you today. Where have you come from and where are you going? It's easy to look back and go, this is where I've came from. We can look back on the circumstances of our lives. We can look back over uh, the last six months of this year. But when it comes to where are you going, that's maybe a harder question. There are so many uncertainties about the future and we don't know where we're going. And so I found the, the question intriguing. I thought about my, my own life. You know, where have I come from? Where am I going? What are the problems? What are the issues that are in my life just now that I maybe need to sort out? You know, I, just, I was thinking about uh, Stan and Ollie. Um, when we think about problems, you know the phrase, eh? Ollie says to Stan. What does he say? Well... Here's another fine mess you've got me into. And here she is. She's in this fine mess. And she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't know what lies ahead. She knows what's happened in her past, but she doesn't know what the solution is. And I just think that's so like life. When problems arise, we know what the problem is, or often we do. We know what's in our past, but trying to find a way through the problem, that can be the challenge. She knows exactly what's been going on. She, she replies, you know, I'm running away from my mistress because she's been mistreating me. But we need to know what we need to do when problems arise. And there were just five simple things that I wanted to think about briefly today, and it will be briefly, that we can do when problems arise. And the first one, I think, is to reflect on your purpose. Point one, to reflect on your purpose. How did I get here and where am I going next? How did I get into this problem and how am I going to get out of this problem? Or you can ask, what's my purpose in life? Regardless of the situation, regardless of the problems, what is my purpose and how does my purpose impact on the problem that I'm experiencing today? I think we all need to have purpose in life. We need to have a reason for getting up out of bed in the morning. Our purpose is our internal source of energy. It's what drives us. It's what gives us direction in life. You know, we have a collective purpose as Christians. Our collective purpose is to glorify God, isn't it? To bring honor to God. That's our collective purpose. But in the midst of all that, we each have a unique purpose and function in the body of Christ. I remember at a crucial point, I've probably told this story before, I, I tend to forget which stories I've told um, just by way of illustration, but I remember a time when in, I was in Mitsubishi where 
It was my purpose that helped me to navigate problems that I was experiencing at the time. You know, I'd come to a point, I was six years into working there, and I remember praying to God, you called me here. I had a sense of purpose, a sense of calling. Remember, we talked about having that sense of calling. I said to God, you called me here, but if you want me to stay here, then something needs to change. You called me here, but if you want me to stay here, something needs to change. Because the problems that I was experiencing were becoming overwhelming. You know, I'd been trying to dig out my escape tunnel at Mitsubishi, using my spoon uh, for years and years and years, and uh, to no avail. And it, it was that sense of purpose, that sense of call, that prompted that prayer. You called me here, and if you want me to stay here, then something needs to change. And I, I prayed that prayer, and within two weeks, within two weeks, I had changed. I was in the same department, but my role changed into an area where I found myself flourishing for the first time in such a long time, enjoying what I was doing, being challenged by what I was doing, but really flourishing. And it was that sense of purpose that carried me through. Just to change tack slightly, I think one of the things that we get caught up with is, is trivial pursuits. The trivial pursuits of life, the things that take up our time, our thinking, our energy day by day, and rather than pursuing our God-given purpose, we get caught up in trivialities. We get caught up in trivial things, trivial problems. Rather than praying, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, for your purpose in my life, we can get caught up in so many other things. I said before, and I don't know if you remember it, dreams give your faith a target. That sense of purpose, that sense of call of God in our lives gives our faith a target. And so when I ask, where are you going in life? What's your purpose in life? When problems arise, it's that purpose, and I've experienced this so often, where you come back to that sense of purpose, and it's that sense of purpose that takes you on through. If you read this story about Hagar, you read that the angel of the Lord speaks to her and gives her a sense of purpose and where she's going in life. She has to her next step is clarified. Go back to your mistress and submit to her. You see, when, when problems arise, we need to reflect on our purpose. She had a purpose. She had a clear purpose to give birth to this man who would be a wild donkey of a man, who would be against his brothers and his brothers against him. Why? I don't understand this. I don't understand. I don't get Ishmael. And I don't understand why there's all this aggro. I don't understand why Abram and Sarai took this decision and uh, had Ishmael when God had already promised them a son. They'd created their own problems in a, uh, to a certain extent. But there's a sense of purpose in it all. I think when problems arise, we need to exercise patience. You've all heard the saying, patience is a virtue, possess it if you can. Seldom found in women and never found in a man. What a load of rubbish. And you notice it was all the women that said that really quickly. But the reality is that patience is challenging for us all. Unlike God, who's never, God never seems to be in a hurry. Have you ever noticed that? We want the answer right now, right here, and right now. And God never seems to be in a hurry. And we just kind of we, we just kind of live in this instant society where everything is uh, now, even, even we've got church online, we've got people joining in through technology, the signal is going from here into people's homes in an instant. And, uh, you know, but it doesn't work that way in the Christian life. There's no such thing as instant Christian. Just add water. Yeah? That's when you get baptized, okay? It just doesn't work like that in the Christian life. You know, it's like that for us, consuming goods, foods, and services. But as Christians, that we need to develop patience in our lives. And can I just say, never, ever ask God for patience. Right? Never, ever pray that prayer. Because as soon as you do, he'll put you into circumstances where what we'll have to develop is patience in your life. I was thinking about Romans chapter 12, 
verse 12, when I was thinking about patience. And it says, let this hope burst forth within you, realizing a continual joy. Don't give up in a time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. This is how the Amplified Bible puts it, and I'm going to flick it up on the screen. Constantly rejoicing in hope because of our confidence in Christ. Steadfast and patient in distress. Devoted to prayer. Continually seeking wisdom, guidance, and strength. A principle to apply when problems arise. Easier said than done. And I can speak from experience. And then I think of the honesty of the psalmist. You know, when he says, how long, how long, O Lord? My soul is in anguish. How long? O Lord, how long? Psalm 6, verse 3. And if you look up that phrase in the concordance and ask how many times the psalmist says how long, it comes out time and time again. How long? It's easier said than done. But if we're going to get through our problems, we need to be patient. The third thing, third point really quickly is that we need to learn to pray thankfully. And it's when we pray thankfully that we experience the peace of God. I'm going to flick up another uh, verse on the screen. And it's one of my uh, prayers that I pray often. It's like a mantra that I pray. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 to 7. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice what? Even in the midst of my problems? Even in the midst of my difficulties? Yes. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I said this is something that I pray often, and I've found myself often in this building, sitting beside somebody on a chair, putting a hand on their shoulder, and praying and praying this prayer over people. And I started to realize as I was praying this prayer over people, actually, it's the people themselves that need to pray this prayer. I can't pray this prayer on behalf of other people. It's only when we as individuals take responsibility for ourselves and we begin to rejoice in the Lord always, when we begin to not be anxious, but in everything with our prayers and our petitions given thanks, when we're in the midst of difficulties and problems, intentionally looking for things to be thankful for, even in the midst of a pandemic, looking for things to be thankful for. And it's as we do that ourselves that we begin to experience the peace of God which goes beyond what we can understand. I can't pray that prayer on behalf of other people. We can only take these principles ourselves and apply them to our own lives. And when problems arise, we need to pray thankfully. And everything give thanks and everything. That's a challenge. I don't know if you've read the Beatitudes recently, the beautiful attitudes. See, when you read through the things that Jesus asked us to do, I realize I can't do them. I realize I can't do them unless God lives in me and gives me the ability to do that, including giving thanks in difficult circumstances. When problems arise, we need to be persistent. We need to keep getting up, keep turning up, and keep moving up. And these are challenging things because life's problems knock us down. Even our own mistakes. We look at this, uh, this unfortunate maidservant, Hagar, and the reason that she's out in the desert on her own here is because she's been goading Sarah. She's been making fun of her, and she ends up getting the backlash of that. She made a mistake, but then I have sympathy for her. The, the reality is that each of us makes mistakes, but we need to keep getting back up. We don't sin more to receive more grace. Okay? Just to clarify that, Paul said that. He says, 
Just because God will forgive you and show you grace and mercy doesn't mean it's licensed to do the wrong thing. And sometimes that can be an issue. And that was a problem in the early church, and it's a problem in the church today. We need to realize that we need to take responsibility for ourselves. We need, but we need to keep getting back up because when we make mistakes and we ask God to forgive us, he does. Not only does he forgive us, he makes us clean. And I think about movies like Rocky, if you've ever seen that movie, or The Karate Kid, where they just keep getting back up, and they keep getting back up, and they keep getting back up, and you're like, oh no, he's down this time, he's never going to get back up from this one, and what does he do? He finds the strength to get back up again, and these movies inspire us, but the people in life who keep getting back up after the knocks, they inspire me, everyday, ordinary people. Keep getting up, but keep turning up. And this is one of our family mantras. This is one of the things that's part of our, this is a principle in our family. You keep turning up, okay? On a Sunday, we keep turning up. Where are we in church on a Sunday? Where are we on a Sunday? We're in church because we keep turning up. Regardless of the problems, regardless of the challenges, we keep turning up Sunday by Sunday, by Sunday, even when there are problems and challenges. We keep getting up because we make mistakes. We keep turning up, but then we keep moving up. And I think God wants us to move deeper into the purposes that he has for us, and we will only find that through spending time with God day by day by day. One of the reasons I'm here today is that I kept getting up, And I kept turning up, and I kept moving up. Responding to the things which God was saying, responding to the challenges of life, responding to the problems, and kept turning up like a bad penny. You can't get rid of me. And Romans chapter 2 verse 7 talks of those who by persistence in doing good, seek glory, honor, and immortality, and that God will give them eternal life. Persistence in doing good. It's so easy to drift back into all the old stuff. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, another favorite scripture. I've lost count of the many times I've shared this in church. Let's not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. It's so easy to give up. And let me give you another daft example, okay? The Rubik's Cube. When I was a kid, I persevered in learning how to solve the Rubik's Cube. I was persistent, relentlessly persistent in learning how to do this. And if you've ever heard the cube, I should have brought one today, to know the noise that it makes, that infernal click, 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 click as you're doing the cube, I probably would have driven my parents nuts with this continual racket of doing the cube. But I persisted and persisted and persisted until I eventually sussed out how to do the Rubik's Cube. And the thing is with a cube, you need to know where you are to know what your next move is. How did you get here and where are you going? When I'm doing the cube, I start off with the white, always with the white side, and there's a little white square in the middle. That's my reference point. And then I begin to solve the white side and then solve the top row around that, and then the middle row around that, and then you do the bottom, and then you solve the bottom row last. There's a procedure to solving the cube. It's predictable. However, life isn't predictable, and we don't always know what our next move is. But can I encourage you to exercise this principle, to be persistent, Reflect on your purpose, exercise patience, pray thankfully, and be persistent. Keep going. Keep getting back up. Keep turning up. Keep moving up and keep moving on. And don't let the problems of the past define you. It's so easy to allow our past to 
to define us. The things that people have said about us in our lives, you've probably experienced that as well as I have. The people who have said things about you in your past, and they can become things that define us. We need to leave those things in the past. Don't let the past define your future in God. And lastly, to get some perspective. When problems arise, get some perspective. And somebody said, when your eyes are squinting from the pain, it's hard to see a way through. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. When your eyes are squinting from the pain, it's hard to see a way through. I don't know who said that, but I thought, that's just like life. There are times in life where we're like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. And we can get bogged down in all sorts of stuff, bogged down in the details. And sometimes we just need to stand back and get some perspective. Because it's so easy to see the problems. It's so easy to see the imperfections. It's so easy to see these things in each other, isn't it? We see the problems and imperfections in each other. We see the problems and imperfections in ourselves. And we can get so consumed by the immediate. But we need to be able to take a step back and get some perspective. This is what the angel of the Lord was doing with Hagar when he asked that question. I think what he was saying is, I need you to take a wee step back and think, where have you come from and where are you going? At that point in time, she only knew the answer to the first part. I know where I've come from. I know the problems. I know what I've been facing. But I'm not sure what's going to happen next. And it's when she hears the word of the Lord that she knows what to do next. And it's just a principle in life. We need to hear God's perspective on things. We need to receive God's perspective on things. And then she makes this inspiring statement in verse 13. You are the God who sees me. It's the only time in the Bible that this expression is ever used. The original language is El Roi. You are the God who sees me. And it's all too easy to get lost these days. But but God sees our situation. God sees you like he saw Hagar, like he saw her circumstances. God sees us. He has this macro, big sky perspective on life and all of its problems. And he knows what our next move should be. But it also helps to talk to other people. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I find just talking to some other people allows me to get perspective, to refocus. And it's sometimes those other people that their prayers help me to get that perspective that I need. And then we realize that when God speaks to us, it's like food for our soul. The Bible says that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. We don't live just by the things that we eat, but all of these things help us to live the way God wants us to. And so, (laughs) we can say this for sure. God is not going to change. The God who has this macro perspective, God who lives outside of time, who the past, present, and future are all in sight at the same time. God is not going to change. God is not going to bail out of your life at the sight of danger. You know, it's like like that moment where you think all your friends are behind you and you just look around and they've all just, just, just disappeared. I remember having a situation like that at work where I challenged somebody and I looked around for my friends to back me up and they'd all disappeared. And all the people who had been saying the same things and who knew exactly what I was challenging this person about just disappeared. Not a word to say about the thing. And it was quite a difficult moment. It's difficult when you look around and the people you expect to be there behind you have just disappeared. But the reality is that God is with you. God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God will sustain you. He will be the one who gives you what you need. 
And sometimes we just need to break things down a bit. In order to get perspective, we need to break it down. Sometimes we can't look at the whole thing. We need to break it down into, this is where I am now, and I just need to know what my next step is. When problems arise, we only need to know what the next step is, and we need to take that step in faith. When God shows us what it is, for Hagar, it was to go back to her mistress. That was her next step. She didn't know what was going to happen after that. And sometimes it's like that in our problems. We maybe want to know the, the end result, the, the full picture. And sometimes God just says, this is what to do next. And we need to be willing to hear what he has to say to us. The reality is that we can't deal with all of life at the one time. We deal with this little bit that's happening just now. So when problems arise, let's consider these principles to apply in our lives. Reflect on your purpose. Why am I here? How did I get here? Where am I going? Exercise patience, especially as men. Pray thankfully. You need to take that responsibility on yourself. Nobody else can do it for you. Be persistent. Keep turning up. Keep getting up. Keep moving up. And then lastly, get some perspective. And if you need somebody to get alongside you to help you with that, then do it. And then lastly, as I finish off, just to be patient as you wait on the answer from God. Be persistent. Keep in pressing on in what God has for you. I'm just going to pray as we finish off our, our time today. And uh, let's just take a moment to, to come before God and uh, bring our problems and the things which are bugging us this week before him. And Father, we, we just come to you because we realize that you have this incredible perspective on our lives. Father, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly in our lives. And Father, we know through your word that you are there to forgive us, to make us clean, and to put us back on our feet again. Father, even when we feel like we've let you down and we feel like we've let other people down and when problems seem to be getting on top of us, Father, we know that there's always a way through. And so, Father, I just pray today that whatever problem we are facing today, Father, that you would show us just that next step and help us to take that step in faith. Father, help us, like Sarah, to just be obedient to the thing, uh, sorry, like Hagar, uh, to just be obedient to that next step that you show us. Even though it might not seem like the right thing, even though we might feel like we're going back into more problems, Lord, help us to take that next step in faith. And Father, I just pray over those who uh, are maybe experiencing difficulties even today in this, uh, or, or have been experiencing difficulties this week, whether in the church here or, or joining us online. Father, we just pray that you would come and that you would help us just to uh, try and put these principles into practice. Lord, that we would keep finding our way through and knowing what the next step is for us so that we can answer that second question, the where are you going question, the second part of that question, where are you going? Lord, we pray, give us a sense of perspective and purpose in life to see the way through and to see where you are leading us. And Lord, I just pray that you break off the things in our lives that are holding us back. Father, things which we have allowed to uh, get a hold of us, whether it's in our thinking or in some other way, Father, things which have got a hold of us, Lord, help us to break those things off, to shake them off as we step back up, as we get back up. And Father, help us to focus on what you have for us. And just as we draw things to a close, maybe there are people who've never, uh, never ever experienced Jesus, never invited Jesus into their lives. And I just want to give folks an opportunity to accept Christ into their lives so that the things that we're talking about today we can put them into practice for ourselves. And so I'm going to pray a prayer and pray this prayer after me if you've never prayed it before. And it's just a prayer that we're just inviting God into our lives uh, to, to be part of our, our experience, to come in and to make us who he wants us to be. So let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus 
I recognize that I've made some mistakes in life. I recognize that I've struggled to get out of the problems. I've tried doing it on my own. But now I ask you to come in to my life. To forgive me. To make me clean. And to come into my life and take control. So that I can live the way that you want me to. Experience your power. Experience your presence. And experience your peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. And if anybody has prayed that prayer, uh, just drop us a message through whitburnpentecostal.com. There's a way you can get in touch with us if you're joining online. Um, So I just want to say uh, that that opportunity is there and we would like to get in touch with you and uh, just to help you on your way with that decision. Thank you for gathering today, church. It's great to see everyone. It's great to see the faces, what I can see of the faces. And I just pray that the Lord blesses you as you go into this week and that you have a fantastic week. So the Lord bless you. Amen.